everyone, and welcome to I'm Not Like You. I'm Not Like You is a podcast hosted by two great friends with very different perspectives on everything from relationships to our lifestyles to what we watch on TikTok. One thing we can't agree on, though, our 40s are going to be about redefining what it means to live well in this space. Welcome back to I'm Not Like You. Today's topic is about sharing or being more guarded about what and who you share with. Good morning, Eileen. Good morning. This sounds like a really interesting topic and I'm excited. Well, I fear you're not actually excited because (laughs) this topic was really inspired by you. (laughs) And (laughs) I was on the phone with someone discussing a very complicated situation that you are tangentially involved in. And the person said to me, like, Jesus, Esther, like, how do you always get yourself involved in these situations? (laughs) And Eileen does it. And I said, no, 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 stop right there. Like it immediately made me so angry. I was like, stop right there. It's not that Eileen doesn't or wouldn't get herself involved in a stupid situation. It's that she wouldn't be stupid enough to say it out loud and certainly not tell you. (laughs) Like you are not the person she would tell. And it kind of inspired today's podcast because I thought to myself, well, number one, my, my first idea was to get Eileen recording with no warning. So I immediately text her and I say, I have a podcast idea and I'm not going to tell you what it is and we're just going to start recording. And it was on one of our many trips to Manhattan where we both stayed over for a little girl's night. And of course we got distracted and we did not record. So now she has advanced notice. And the reason why it's inspired by Eileen and it will be of no surprise to anyone who has listened to any of our episodes or knows us is that I am, I tend to be a bit of an oversharer. And I don't mean that in like a in the way where you're like at the hair salon and you start telling the the stylist who you just met about your, you know, whatever, upcoming divorce or your child's therapy issues. Wait, so didn't this actually happen to you? When yeah. we were getting our hair done for our photo shoot for this podcast, your stylist was like an overshare. I was telling you about her like boyfriend in jail. And yes, I was like, how did you get this conversation? By the way, it was a stylist I got off of like a, what is that app called? Glam Squad. Glam Squad. So it's not someone I know. I had never met her before. She walks in the hotel room. She starts telling me how her boyfriend is currently in jail, what he did, why he's in jail, when he's getting out, if she's going to wait for him. It was like a very lengthy discussion. I don't overshare like that. But if there right. are moments in my life that. like are pressing me, I feel like I have to talk about them. Or if someone asks me a question and for the most part, I know you or have any kind of rapport with me, I will answer. And that <laughs> is absolutely different between the way I handle things and the way Eileen handle things and us, I am not like you. And it is an entire day in conversation. So without further ado, let's hit it. I tell us why you are such a secret. The table turns on today's episode. Yes, no, and I appreciate that. I think though, this is something that even though it came up in this way for you recently, it actually has come up over the course of our friendship because you've always said to me, like, why are you so private? Why don't you share things with people? Like, why do you, why are you this way? And I, I don't know that I actually ever had thought much about it prior to you sharing that observation. And I don't think I would have called myself particularly private, but there's two interesting things that maybe challenged that for me or actually helped me see it more clearly. And so the first thing that challenged me was probably like three or four years ago, I was getting a 360 
leader review. And one of the people on my team actually said like, she's like a robot. She's like very inauthentic. And I was really taken aback by that because like, if you know me, I'm not very inauthentic and I'm like emotional and empathetic and like, all true. Believe, believe that I lead with EQ and all these things, but that was her interpretation of me. And, and I shared it with you and I was like, WTF, do you think this is real? And, and you're like, I think this is where the fact that you do tend to be very private and you tend to have this work persona and professional persona that doesn't, you don't ever really break character from is probably what she's reacting to. And I think like it's an opportunity for you. And so I really took that to heart and, and took that feedback to, to really kind of refine my approach. And I, I think I'm very different now and I'm much more open and much more vulnerable. And actually that's probably transited more into my personal relationships as well. I think like for a long time, I thought I had to be this person and show up in this way for people to like me. And as I've developed like my self-worth and my confidence and my self-assurance and all these things, I definitely have started to be more comfortable in my own skin. And as a result, I can show up more authentically and more honestly for people personally and professionally. But the second thing that I recently learned about myself, which makes this conversation very timely, is I did a strength finders assessment. Have you ever, have you heard of no. it or ever done it? No. Okay. So it's called Clifton's Strength Finders and I recommend it. It's very cool. You should do it. There's 34 strengths that everyone possesses and you possess different levels of them. And so my first strength was actually being a relator, which you're probably like, well, that makes sense. And you're like, that's probably my strength too, because like we've said on this podcast before, you would say your, your superpower, I think you've said is like yes. your ability to manage relationships, which I completely agree with. But I think the difference here is the, I'm not like you, boo, is I am a relator with a very small group of people. And like, those are the relationships that I really hone in on and like share everything. Right. And so like, if it's that sort of a relationship that I'm like an open book and if it's not, then I like have these boundaries of what I'll share and also what I'll take on from that person. Like, I don't want necessarily people to overshare. That's true. Those are all true stories <laughs> about you. I agree with those. When I joined, Eileen and I used to work together. We no longer do. But when we when we started at that company, I Eileen and I were not particularly close. And I think it had a little bit to do with this. And when I was researching the concept of oversharing and why people overshare, of course, I find myself on some like psychological analysis of why people overshare. I'm like, oh God, do I need to like report back now to a therapist about my oversharing? Anyway, one of the points that the the doctor had said was like, people are looking for equity in relationships. So is the person, the friend, the coworker, someone you're dating, are you sharing with that person in the same way? And I think in the beginning, I was like, Eileen doesn't ever say anything negative at the office. So like, if you pass me in the right, if I'm annoyed and someone's like, why are you annoyed? I'm like, why am I annoyed? What do you mean, why am I annoyed? Did you see what that person did? Like, I will immediately react to it. And if you were to pass Eileen, she would be like, I'm not annoyed. <laughs> what do you mean, I'm not annoyed? I just read my fairy cards. <laughs> I don't necessarily think that that comes from a place of being inauthentic. But when you don't know someone, it comes off as like an inequity in sharing of it yeah. all, right? So I think it took us a very long time to get to the place that we are because I'm like, I'll tell you whatever you want to know. Why don't you say anything? I don't want to know about fairies. Do you have anything to say? By the way, 
Eileen has a deck of fairy cards. I realize now we are telling a a joke (laughs) that we've not discussed on this podcast. She just read me my fairy card of the day. Yeah. (laughs) Well, let's do a fairy card episode. Actually, what I had said when she showed them to me is I draw the line at this and I don't want to know what fairy (laughs) cards are. Anyway, back to today's theme. (laughs) When I share ever, when I speak, I am always being my most authentic self. So yeah, I really feel that about my myself. Like it's for one of three reasons. First of all, like legit is who I am. I, I say what's on my mind. I say what I feel. If I'm saying a little bit more than I than Eileen would, it's because <laughs> I genuinely trust the person I'm speaking to or I feel like I have a close relationship without someone in that moment. And then three, and I think that this is the one where a lot of people find themselves in situations where maybe they wish they could rewind is that sometimes I'm feeling anxious about a specific situation. Mm. And for me, the way that that anxiety manifests is that I have to say what is on my mind. And I'm talking about like a difficult situation. So let's Mm. say I've fucked something up at work or I'm in a fight with a friend. The way that I have to work that through is I need to talk about it. And I need to talk about it with a lot of people. It's almost like I need to interview how they would respond to it. And do I feel like what what I think is happening is other people's perceptions? And that's just me and how my brain works and how I need to work through problems. But there's never been a big problem where I haven't called five people and been like, here's what's <laughs> me. Like, is this how you would have handled it? Or like, what's your perception of this? And those are the moments where sometimes I I walk away from them and I'm like, I wish I didn't do that. I yeah. wish I would have what just happened to me in a closer circle, or I wish I just told one person, or I wish I just told no one. But it's just not how my brain wants to handle that information at that time. So mm-hmm. that's where where I came to when I was processing this this topic for us. But on my regular everyday life, I think that's just who I am. And it's interesting. I wanted to read this post that I found the other day that was very like the female quotients, which we mm. all know in on mm. LinkedIn ran a poll. And the poll said, there's an ongoing debate on whether or not to show up as your best, most authentic self at work. So I think this goes back to what you were saying earlier, Eileen. Authenticity is touted as a mechanism to connect with others and remain true to your personal values. But does authenticity open us up to oversharing and learning things about our coworkers that we never wanted to know? And then the results of the poll, I obviously responded, I show up 100% me, which is true. But most people responded, I share with select coworkers. Mm-hmm. And followed by that, I show up 100% me. So I share with select coworkers was 37%. I show up 100% me, 29%. I keep a professional, 25%. And no one at work really knows me, 9%, which I find mm-hmm. that would be a wild one for me. I don't even know how I... I wouldn't be able to live one day like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's it's too like, are you in a work environment that's like aligned with who you are? And I think that probably makes it a lot easier for you to show up authentically too. Like if you're if if yourself is welcome in that environment, like I'm lucky enough to work for a company where like it is very celebrated to be authentic. And so and it's almost expected and like everybody shows up in in a way that's like very like holistic. So I think that it makes it easier than maybe in some companies that I worked for in the past. And I wonder if that makes a difference for people as well. A good point. 
on the personal side, like, do you feel like your ability, and I think it's fairly unique. I don't know a lot of people who are as mindful as you when they, before they speak, but do you think it gets in the way of you making new friends? Because people don't feel like they get to know you. Yeah, I think it almost is like a defense mechanism in a way, because it's like, it's sort of like I was just saying, like, I will give you all my authenticity once I've like decided that, you know, you're in my sort of relator circle, again, playing on this strength. But I do think that some of it is like, I have to be a little bit careful about not showing up like as a robot and give people the opportunity. Because on the flip side, like where I am at Overshare, I was thinking about this yesterday, was at a wine tasting and I was in the bathroom and this woman came up to me and she's like, your skin looks so amazing. And I was like, oh, that's so kind. Thank you. And she was like, what is your routine? I was like, well, to be honest, I just restarted using my gua sha, which is something that I've tried to get Esther to use a hundred times. But it's like the little, (laughs) this is the jade stone. This one, you're, this is not like a fairy card. This is like a a game changer. Anyways, at at a point, like I'm telling her like how you do the routine and where you get the stones and the base oils. And there's now like 10 women standing there, like listening to this story about the gua sha routine. And I'm like, when it comes to things like that, like I love to share like, yeah, but those are anything. not, those are not things that make you vulnerable. Well, no, I understand. That's true. That's but like, like beauty secrets. Well, yes. But what I'm trying to say is like, I do have a very intense desire to share. It's just for me, there are thresholds, right? Of like what that looks like dependent on different relationships. And I think that's like also like a work in progress. Like I am trying to do better at showing up as more vulnerable and authentically, generally speaking, and even in my closer circles, it's a huge area of opportunity for me. But as it relates to the mindfulness, like this was one of the things that we were talking about as you were sharing the story with me about where you felt like you overshared. And I think in that example, that was probably like your number three, where it was like you had the anxiety and like you were kind of working it out with someone who maybe like wasn't the best person to be working it out with. But like the one thing that I've shared with you that I think is smart is like the mindfulness is not anything that like happens on the yoga mat or like whatever. It's literally just creating space between your response and your reaction so that you can come from a place of you've had a second to process it. You've taken a breath and like that will often give you what you need to like slow down and like actually be thoughtful in how you respond versus like emotionally reacting, which I think is the the skill to practice over time if it's something that, you know, is something you wanted to work on. I was just talking about you doing this at dinner Friday night. I was out to dinner with another couple who know both the, both the husband and the wife know Eileen and this topic came up and I said, obviously, I still want to always show up as myself, 100% authentic. I love sharing with people. There are moments that I wish I was a little bit more mindful and I was explaining that how you do it. And I said, you know, I've seen Eileen do these two things that I find so interesting. And I started with one that has nothing to do with this. So I'll end with the mindful one. I said, I've seen her do this thing where we're in like a situation where she's, she doesn't hundred percent love the other person's answer. She wants them to say more. And then she kind of stares at them. I <laughs> just like makes them continue because they're silent. Both people at the table are like, Esther, what are you talking about? She does not do that. I've never seen her do it. I'm like, I saw her doing it. It was the most insanely magical trick ever. And I'm going to learn how to do this. Why don't you tell everyone about that? The thing is, it's an acronym and I I actually have used it recently with someone on my team is WAIT, 
which is like the idea of the pause is like, why am I talking? It's like a sales tactic. Well, it's twofold, right? Looking at somebody intently to show them that you're listening, like creates a safer psychological space. If you're trying to share information or access information or make someone feel comfortable in speaking to you, having that level of focus is one aspect. And then the other is like, yeah, if you stop talking, someone else is going to keep talking, right? That's just like, <laughs> so I loved that. And then I brought up the, the point that we're talking about today. And I said, I've seen Eileen. And again, like there's 95% of the time I, I don't want to change the way that I share or communicate. But that 5%, I think that there's something to think about there. And I said, I've watched Eileen when you ask her a question and it could be a question that I'm asking. And I've watched her pause before she answers. And it's not like an awkward, weird silence like the sales thing. <laughs> it's more of like, a, I'm thinking about how I want to answer that. And before I just spit out whatever's on top of my mind, I want to give you a more thoughtful answer. And there are times where if I didn't let the anxiety drive what I'm saying or the or the thought process of like, I want to get out what I'm saying and I want to understand why this is happening. And I want someone to hear me if I would just wait a minute, like just take a walk around the block, I probably would get those 5% of those those moments I want rewound back. Yeah. Well, I mean, in parenting, I feel like it's the most important. Like I, I have to practice it a hundred times a day with my son because I like constantly, I'm like, no, stop. Like I get so frustrated and it's just like... <laughs> you know, like giving that space to have a different response or to be less reactionary. So I think that that's really what it comes down to, if you ask me. And I think I appreciate the the compliment and that, you know, you think it's an opportunity. I think likewise, I very much admire and respect the way that you manage your relationships and create sort of depth in places where it would be harder for me to do it. So I think I also very much learn from you in this way because I really do think it is your superpower. I think you're you're absolutely right about that. And so this is like a nice space where while we're not like each other and we are authentically who we are, we are learning from each other and that's the best of friendships, right? All right. Well, whether or not you're stuck in the gray, waking up wondering if you've said too much or if people have called you a robot because you don't appear to have a vulnerable or authentic bone in your body, I think this one is about balance and pausing to ensure you mean what you say instead of just reacting. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back next Friday with another episode of I'm Not Like You. We'll see you then. 